Kia ora and welcome to season two of the podcast and what a season we've got coming up. It's only fitting, I thought, that we begin season two the same way we ended season one, with a bit of a bang, as they say, and I'm really excited to share this conversation with Antonia Preble with you all. Antonia is a New Zealand actress best known for her roles in the hit shows Outrageous Fortune and Westside as both Rita and Loretta West. Antonia has been a constant figure on both NZ and Australian productions and is one of the best when it comes to bringing a creative and complex character to life. Case in point, Loretta West. We got to sit down and reflect on her journey into the acting profession. We talked about creating healthy rhythms in your professional and personal life and learning the lesson to slow down and enjoy the moment, which we all need to know. The essence of being okay and adapting to change, especially the changes that comes with becoming a parent. Above all of it, Antonia is just one of the coolest and raddest people I've ever sat down and chatted to, and I know you'll enjoy this convo. Ngamahi, enjoy. Well, thanks for joining us on another podcast, Deep Dive, and how awesome. Antonia, thanks for hopping on with us. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Did you like that like official kind of intro there? Like, just... It was great. I immediately was like, whoa, I am part of something professional. So, oh, yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, now I got my big script on the wall ready to... <laughs> And as we said, we're both in our pajamas, so you know that's really professional. Yeah, absolutely. I got my slippers on. Well, I mean, hey, we are recording on the first day of our new level three, so it's yeah. you know, yeah, it's a bit of, of those... a momentous day actually. There's a lot of a lot of interesting talk on social media and in the news media. Big time. Do you try and keep your keep your head out of the social media world when it comes to that? Because it can get quite negative, eh? Yeah, I I definitely try to limit my access to it um i mean the, the good thing about having a baby or one of the good things there are so many good things plenty one of the yeah, good yeah. Things is that i don't really have time <laughs> to, to, get yeah. to dive too deeply into anything and particularly not into any kind of um you know conspiracy th- theories uh, for want of a better word about oh my goodness there are plenty on. aren't there oh yeah it's extraordinary really so i i really i like to um get the the new the official briefings if i can i you know watch them live or later on although i find it sometimes i don't know if you find this i find it really difficult to find the briefings on any other platform if i don't happen to find them yeah. at the time i feel like that's some sort of, like i'm not very good at technology but i feel like there's something going on there like and if somehow the news plat- you know online news platforms are able to make them more attainable they would get a lot mm. more traffic I reckon. I mean, maybe that's a potential app idea we could kind of yeah. get in on. You know what I mean? Sends mm-hmm. you a text when it's times, and you just click the link, and, and you're then you're in. <laughs> and then you get the briefing. I, I like. Surely everyone would want that. You can watch it live or watch it later. So, for everyone listening to your podcast, make the app. <laughs> make the app, and then um, pay us royalties for the idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Copyright right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Twelfth of August. Uh, Seven twenty-three p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, have you fa- have you found that I mean I know we're in our second round of lockdown, but has this whole experience of this year, crazy year, has it kind of just changed the way you see some things in life and reevaluated things and priorities and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it actually really has, and in ways that were quite unexpected for me, but ultimately I think actually quite positive. Um, it's obviously been a really uh uncertain year but in lots of ways i am quite match fit for uncertainty because i've been acting for so long i never really know what my future holds and 
I'm often in the situation where I don't know what my next job is, when my next paycheck's coming in, who's my going to be my, you know, what, what my next job is going to be and how far away in the future that's going to be. And things can change overnight when mm. you either do get a job or you, you miss out on something or the dates change for a job. So I'm quite match fit for uncertainty. So I actually found that part of um, the lockdown okay. Yeah, yeah. Which was interesting. Um, but yeah, I what changed for me is that I suddenly became far more uh, domesticated, I suppose. Domesticated. Because, yeah. What a word. I like it. Yeah, like in the, yeah, before I was, you know, free range. And now, now I'm yeah, no. But I never really put much value on things like cooking before mm. or yep. doing things about the house because I think my natural personality is I'm someone who really likes sort of being out there in the world. And yeah. uh, so something like cooking or tidying a shelf or, you know, the, organizing the pantry were things that I just absolutely would not prioritize or get any value out of because I think I was moving too fast and trying to kind of consume too much of my life to really slow down and appreciate that those things can actually have a lot of value on lots of levels. And then all of, all of a sudden, of course, we were, I was forced to be home and was actually looking to find activities to, to spend my day doing and to, to break up my day. And all of a sudden I found for the, literally for the first time in my life that I really enjoyed cooking and baking and following a recipe. Like honestly, you, cool. like, yeah, yeah, the rest, yeah. for the history of my life, I, if I saw a recipe and it had more than say five ingredients and five yeah, recipes, yeah. <laughs> I would just turn the page and be like, absolutely no way. I've got <laughs> yeah. to do. It looks like I'm going to have to go to more than one store to buy those ingredients. No Right. And I just yeah. didn't value it. But all of a sudden I just, I really did. And I take Freddie, my son, and would wander down to the supermarket daily, generally, because we would, you know, it's a nice activity, a nice walk about 10 minutes away, buy my ingredients for whatever I was going to make that day. And I went through this uh, recipe book that my mom had given me for my 25th birthday. And it was this um, sort of amalgamation of, um, recipes that she really likes cooking there's about yeah, you know, 25 yeah. in there. Oh, those are the best ones yeah yeah totally and i literally never cooked one of these meals since <laughs> i'm 25 and blow I'm the dust off the cover yes, exactly <laughs> and i just went through this book and made all of the meals and it was so rewarding and satisfying and fulfilling in a way that i hadn't realized before and I've kept it like that actually hasn't gone now that I'm still actually finding I'm much more um, enjoying uh, being around home and, and prioritizing and putting value on the, the domestic tasks really, which is quite nice. So that's, uh, which is not really nice. So that's one aspect. And then the other aspect, which I found quite interesting was on a, so I guess that was on a personal level. And then on a professional level, I had to really, reevaluate how I would see my life because in the past I've always yeah really wanted quite quite a big life and wanted you know imagine myself working overseas a lot and sort of constantly you know broadening my horizons all the time and and, and growing a lot and, and you know like oh well maybe I just won't be able to you know maybe I'll be I will be working in New Zealand possibly Australia for the rest of my life or at least for the foreseeable future and I was really okay with that. And I was surprised that I was because 
um, professional ambition has always been quite a significant part of who I am. And I have always, yeah, wanted, imagined to have this really big life. And suddenly when I thought, oh, well, maybe that just won't be possible, I realized that that would be absolutely fine. And I just felt really grateful for the things that I did already have in my life and what I was able to do here. So I, I, I count that as a really positive outcome too. I think I, I, I love the way you're articulating that because, I mean, with it, you know, as an actress, go, go, go. I mean, you've got to work to get your, you know, it's not a consistent thing, but even just the simplicity of being okay with not having anything to do. I mean, I haven't found that in my lockdown experience as a teacher, you're always on the go, but I was doing the old Hello Fresh stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the boxes. Yeah. But I agree with you, and I think, yeah, a, a lot of people, myself included, I've started to see time differently, you know. It's not, cool. well, how can I fill it? How can I just enjoy the moment? You know what I mean? Yes, I do. It, yeah. And you realize that the, there can be a lot of richness in tasks or activities that perhaps you didn't see or realize or recognize before. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big Even time. To, it's interesting all through lockdown, uh, I would go or every second morning, cause my partner Dan and I would alternate, um, would take Freddie for a walk around at the local park so I do it every yeah. second morning literally you know for, for six weeks and I absolutely loved it because the weather was gorgeous during the last lockdown yeah and yeah, I enjoyed it, it so much it was such a nice start today and I was like right I am absolutely gonna keep this up because I'm really enjoying it sure enough has have did not do it again <laughs> yeah so, yeah yeah we've all I got those pretty, stories <laughs> I was pretty busy because during Westside but I didn't even do it in the weekend but then today first day of lockdown Freddie and I were back out there about 7 30 this morning and yeah. Same park, and yeah, it was yeah. great. And once again, it it, it it reminded me how great it was. So um, we'll we'll be out there tomorrow, and and I'll I'll start baking my scones tomorrow probably because it's it's the last yeah. time too. Learning to um, bake's on on my um on my radar for sure. Oh great! Yeah, great. it's funny. I mean, today's the first day I've thought about running again since lockdown. So I mean, we're yeah, because we've we're got space it. and time. Although you being a teacher, you won't have heaps of space and time because you still have to teach but it may perhaps a bit more time than usual yeah oh absolutely it's a shame mate do you think do you think that there are ways when when life is in the full swing of business and even as as an actress um and for people listening that in similar roles or jobs that aren't a consistent thing trying to create rhythm like i got friends that are musicians and so creating rhythm in their life healthy rhythms are really hard to do because your schedule isn't always looking the same Mm-hmm. Are there ways? Is there, are there ways to do that? Do you think without getting forced into your own bubble for three yeah. weeks? Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. I think most human beings work better and feel better when they've got structure mm. in their lives, and it's uh, can be very difficult when you don't have any, or when you have to impose structure on yourself, because a lot of people, and me myself included, uh, find it quite difficult to to <laughs> to give yourself structure and and to stick to those boundaries um again i found having a baby really helpful because there's a natural rhythm to the day that you just have to follow you have to follow your baby's rhythm but um i wouldn't say go and have a baby (laughs) yeah that's the solution everyone (laughs) you need to structure any day or just have a child that's absolutely the right thing to do no um i would say well for me i i always try to have than one thing going on and I, I for me it's really important to have a multi-dimensional life so I'm not just relying on the next acting job because then I think it puts you in a position of being really passive in your own life and not an active agent in in making things happen 
So I have usually a few projects on the go um, in, in different sort of disciplines. And I find that really helps me structure my days because I just have different sorts of, of work to do. Um, but in saying that, I like I try to have balance, obviously, but my natural tendency, like I was saying before, is to do a lot. And I'm constantly learning the lesson to slow down a bit and balance that out with recreation. Again, the great thing about having a baby is I spend so much more time now doing recreational things because I'm doing it with Freddie, like going to playgrounds, although now we can't. Yeah, oh yeah, true. Do you know, true. Are Go we around them. To to playgrounds in level three? No. Well, I mean, no. I know our school no. ones are closed, so I mean, okay. must translate, right? I th- I, th- I couldn't remember if it was a level four or a level three thing, but yeah, okay. I, I didn't go on it today, and assuming that it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, Great thank prediction. you. Don't have to <laughs> announce that publicly. Um, but yeah, so my natural tendency is to sort of fill up my life with a few too many things that are work related. So I think it it, it is so important to yeah have multi dimensions of things that you can really invest in work wise and then i think it's it's you can feel more justified in giving yourself time off mm. to read a book or go for a walk or watch tv what whatever that is but uh, i mean i some people find it helpful writing writing a little timetable for themselves and literally mm. you know giving yourself a star chart if you literally, do it i know yeah. i find i find it easier if i do actually write it down. There seems to be some sort of magic in actually writing something down as opposed to just having a, a thought or an idea about something. It somehow does seem easier to stick to. No, I agree. I write it on my phone. I do the same thing. And then I almost, I mean, it's not a good way to think about it if you think, oh, I haven't achieved what I wanted to today when you don't get it done. But it does give you that bit of a kick to go. It oh, does. I'm, well, last you know, lockdown, Dan actually made us a, a lockdown wellander. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, he should patent that. And today he was like, "Oh, we should get to, we should get out the Wellander again." And that just had what work we did, what exercise we did, what kind of personal uh, time we had, and then what we cooked. And that was a really cool way of just ensuring that our days were varied and not too dominated by one thing or another, and that um, we were, you know eating healthy. <laughs> mm, I love that because I think I mean especially oh, I mean I say especially in your industry but not just your industry any industry I mean taking care of yourself is so key I can imagine because I mean and you correct me if I'm wrong but as an actress and you, you know if you're auditioning for roles or getting asked to do roles you know you're putting your best foot forward you, you've got your, your smiling face on you've got your persona on but sometimes life isn't or butterflies and all of that and you got to look after yourself but it must be hard to balance looking after yourself with you know impressing your employers or, or, or making sure you are effective in what you're doing you know what I mean yeah it, it can be tricky it's a it's a funny thing because you have to um in your in my work and you know in an actor's work you have to be really vulnerable like you have to be very open-hearted and and be, practice being in a state of vulnerability where you can be affected by what is going on in the piece that you're working on you know so you're practicing having thin skin in a way but at the same time you have to practice having really thick skin because you go with so much rejection first of all and 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 pressure as well and stress and you know not many actors I know enjoy auditioning but that is absolutely part of a job but you 
because you really want the thing so much, but at the same time, you know that you can't hold onto it too tightly because that's it might not be for you and or you just don't want them to like smell your desperation from a way. <laughs> yeah. Please. I mean, Please yeah. give me give a job, throw the phone. <laughs> so yeah, I think it is uh, a very it can be a a pretty tricky dance for a lot of um artists of any of any discipline to to be involved in to yeah find that balance of a healthy level of commitment and reverence for what we do uh balanced by a healthy um sense of yourself and self-esteem and knowing that are not what we do like you know acting is a job and although we love it and really identify with it is it is not who we are so getting or not getting a role has no bearing on shouldn't have any bearing on how we think feel about ourselves but that is hard to do sometimes and i think you've made a great point and that's why i mean I always say there's a person behind a what, you know, there's a why behind a what someone does. And, you know, um, you're right. You're not just an actress. You're a mother. You're a, um, a daughter. You're a, a friend. You're, you know what I mean? You're all these different things, I suppose. Um, yeah. Do you find that, especially because, I mean, in your industry and what you do, you are in the public eye more than, say, me as the teacher, you know, unless it's for the wrong reasons. But, <laughs> you know, but I, I mean, do you find it hard that you're always pigeonholed as, oh, there's, you know, it's Loretta from Outrageous Fortune or it's, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know, I, I actually don't find it too hard. And I think it's because New Zealanders are so laid back. Like it's just not really part of our culture to be super sycophantic or even really engage with any kind of celebrity culture. Like we, we're tall poppies here, you know, we, we, like to be very grounded and really not really admit that we like anything ever. <laughs> I know, right? if we've made what it, is that? Hey, what is that? <laughs> yeah. But um, how that manifests in terms of how people react to seeing people who are off TV, it generally means they're pretty low key. And so I, yeah, I, I don't really run into issues ever, to be honest with um, people making me feel uncomfortable or yeah, or, or as you say, feeling like I'm, I'm pigeon, pigeonholed. I just, I just don't really like, yes, people, you know, come up and say hello to me relatively often, but it's most of the time are usually like a, most of the time a really pleasant experience and they just mm. want 30 seconds of my time to say hello and that they enjoy a show that I've done or something or tell me an anecdote that they have that's in relation to one of the shows yeah, and then yeah. they move off with their day and I move off with mine. So I can really count probably on one hand, maybe two, but let's say one hand the <laughs> yeah. number of times that I've felt uncomfortable and um, it's, yeah, it's very few and far between. So yeah, luckily I, I, I feel okay about that. That's very cool. And I think um, as a, well, when you were an aspiring actress and, and in those early days, I think it's, you knew you knew that was something that was a part of the parcel. Has 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 acting always been something you wanted to do, or, or yeah. was it kind of spontaneous? Or how and did it, it has, how did it, it come about? Yeah, I strangely, I or perhaps unusually, I've I've wanted to do it my whole life. Like from my earliest memories, when I was three or four years old, I've just known that I was going to be an actress, or that I really wanted to be one anyway. 
And yeah. so all, and I don't come from an acting family at all. So it wasn't like I had a role model that I was modeling my, my yeah, life after your, yeah, after your mother or whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where that initial spark of a, an idea came from, but it was well and truly entrenched as, as the child even. And I did a lot of plays and I'd look, you know, when I could read. So I guess eight or nine, I'd scour the newspaper for auditions, for, you know, general public auditions for plays and musicals and things. And my mum would drive me and I'd get to be in these musicals and plays and absolutely loved it. Just, just adored performing. Um, and then I got an agent when I was about 11 because my, friend's neighbor was an agent such a kiwi story you know, there you go yeah go like, knock on the door <laughs> our neighbor's an agent would you like to get signed up with her and i was like yes and my, my mom <laughs> said i could do it but i had to organize it myself so i rang this agent and was like, oh there you go Antonia, can i can you be my agent had no idea what an agent was but just but i need one yeah yeah whatever it is i want one i want five <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> Um, and then, yes, yeah, so then I started acting in professionally on on TV shows when I was 12 uh, and it, it grew from there. So, yeah, I guess I, well, not that I thought about it at all when I was that age, but definitely as I was older, I knew that being recognized was absolutely part of the job. And it was really up to me to decide how I felt about that. And yes, I guess I could choose to be annoyed or upset about it, but really why would I do that? Like, it's going to happen. It's, it, I'm on TV. Like I, I recognize people on TV. I, I, re I know what, what that is. It's just par for the course. So I, yeah, I just, I guess when outrageous came out, I made a conscious decision to, to not let it bother me or, or affect me in the other way as well. Like start thinking that I'm great because people recognize me because that's equally as actually ridiculous and wrong <laughs> so um yeah i just choose to accept it like a, a positive thing and, and most of the time it is that i can yeah I, that and i think too i mean like any role anything you do that comes with its challenges and its highlights and its lowlights and you've probably seen your fair share of both is there any especially in those early days is there any kind of standout moments you remember that were like either like highlights like this is awesome or even just moments of I just maybe this isn't what I want to do well I remember once I was in a laundromat and I was washing my our washing machine had broken at my flat as I was oh. about maybe 22 like you're story right. of flatting right oh my yeah goodness. washing machine had broken down had to go to the local laundromat and so I was kind of stuck in there because I was waiting for my clothes to finish the cycle and a group of people came in and they recognized me and I was on my own and I did feel pretty uncomfortable. Like I didn't feel totally safe. Nothing happened. They yeah. didn't do anything to me. It was more just an energy and a vibe thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a time when, uh, yeah, I thought, oh gosh, I, I wish... I wish they didn't know who I was. You know, I, I wish that this wasn't happening. I wish I wasn't sticking out and um, look at, you know, I wish I wasn't someone that they wanted to talk to at the moment. So I guess I've had a few experiences like that, um, but, but nothing ever came to anything too serious. It was just, you know, a fleeting feeling of, mm. of not liking it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think something you talked about just before is, um, and I mean, we've all faced it somehow. I face it all the time with my kids 
because they roast me all the time with their jokes. And when I when I tell a joke in class, they just reject it straight away. <laughs> You're not funny, Mister. <laughs> but, don't even try. <laughs> don't even try. Although my dad jokes have found its place, I've I'm I'm happy about. Good that. for you. I'm a I'm a big fan of a dad joke. Just to let you know, like the oh, worse the better. The worse the joke, the more I like it. <laughs> nah, yeah, we're on the same page. And some of my kids love it. And my other kids just roll their eyes. Yeah, but, right. Um, but yeah, rejection, right? I mean, you talked about it earlier. I suppose, do you think, I mean, not even an act, in an acting context, any context, what is the bounce back? How do you bounce back? Because, I mean, I think of what you do. It's such a, um, and I could be wrong, but it's not this objective thing because, you know, if, with any art, it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? So there can be a bit of you going, oh, but my performance was great. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, you know what I mean? Like, how do you kind of balance that tension? Yeah, it's really, it's a difficult one. I would say that it definitely gets easier the more you do it and the, the older you get, the more experience you have and and the more, like the bigger that your body of work you have, it, the, it gets, those individual um, moments of rejection become slightly easier because they fall within a wider context. Whereas when you start, if you've only ever done one job and had five auditions and you got rejected, for all you know for four of them then your ratio is not very good and it's um it's it's harder i i mean i remember i was so gutted after this one particular audition that i got really close to the part i think it's almost harder in a way when you get a call back and then you get a short list and then you're on hold and then you don't get it because you of course in your brain you met you you imagine that life and you're like okay right yeah um, this, well, it's going, to be, it's going to be amazing, and then it's gone. You know, it feels like the rug pulled out from under you. And I was so gutted about that, and it really, I think, put me in a bit of a. I felt like I'd kind of put myself in a box, and all of a sudden, wasn't actually allowing any new opportunities in, like on an energetic level, because I kind of just closed down a bit because I felt so so gutted about it. But interestingly, after that. I got Outrageous Fortune. So if I had got that part, I wouldn't have been able to do Outrageous Fortune. And for me, that was, I wouldn't have even auditioned for it because I would have been doing this other job. So for me, that was a huge lesson in timing, you know, and how, and trusting that there is a bigger picture and bigger forces at work, if you like, than what I can recognize in my limited brain at any particular point in time so now I I just have a greater faith I guess in in timing and that if an opportunity is right for me then I will do it and, and if it's not there's a there's a reason for that and there'll be some another opportunity that's waiting in the wings maybe not a, a exact match of that opportunity but there'll be something else for me which meant that I that I wasn't supposed to have that one. So I guess I I trust that more now. But how to manage feelings of rejection in general, I think it's um, sort of the stuff that we that we all know is is the thing to do is the thing to do. Like really feel your feelings. Like let yourself acknowledge yourself and accept yourself that 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 is really disappointing because you'd had a lot of investment and hope in it, and you can let yourself feel those feelings. Uh, for a while and then know that you need to 
help yourself move on from them as well. And that might be through doing, you know, exercise, getting outside, spending time with friends, doing another activity that you really enjoy, another, you know, artistic expression, if that's what it is. Uh, so you don't wallow too much. I think, um, have again, going back to that idea of structure in your life really, really helps and having other things going on because sometimes it can feel like if you, you know, you've got all your eggs in one basket and then they don't want you and you go, well, what now I'm looking at this abyss of a life and I don't have anything to do today. I've got no reason to get out of bed today. And that's a really, really hard position to, to be in, I think. So but putting sort of anchors in your life of other things that aren't related to acting, if, if acting is your thing, I think it's so important to um, have a, yeah other things to attach yourself to um, when, when things don't go your ways. It's, it, yeah, it's definitely hard. It's, it's, the, it's always the balance of, of trying your best in something, but not being attached to the outcome, which I think is. That's a huge point. That's a huge point. Cause I mean, how often do we just like, no, I don't want to listen to my feelings today. Or, you know, yeah. I don't want to listen to, to people. And that's a big one. eh? people, I mean, having people as an anchor in your life, those people you can be accountable to and, yeah. and trust, um, and having it be a two way street. I mean, it's all inclusive, isn't it? Pretty it much. is. Yeah, it's all that it's it's all that um that the basic stuff I think is the stuff of life, you know, it's human connection and it's uh having a feeling like you have a, a purpose or many purposes and um bolstering the relationships that you have and really putting putting time into those. I think ultimately that's the thing that really matters, makes a difference. Mm, that that's huge advice and you can apply that in any context. Mm. Um for for you was outrageous because I mean outrageous fortune was outrageous. No, that was that was dry. That was cheesy. But <laughs> it was <laughs> you know yeah didn't. Shh. But I mean it was a huge hit and um and from there you've gone and done so many other things. Um, are you are you when you reflect on outrageous fortune because when did it finish? What two thousand and nine ten? Uh, eleven I think was our 11. last season. I think it was yeah two thousand five to two thousand eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because what? Because it was what five or six years you were doing that, weren't you? Six six years yeah 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 i mean and you look back and that just must feel like does it feel like yesterday or does it feel like it was so long ago both strangely yeah yeah um because it was such a a formative time in my life and such an intense time as well i you know was doing a lot of figuring out and growing up in my early 20s which is when we were filming that so in a way it doesn't feel like that long ago, but then in other ways it feels like a lifetime ago. And particularly because I've just done West Side for six seasons uh, in the same set, that feels a lot more present to me, which sort of makes outrageous feel further away. You truly are a Westie, aren't you? Technically. I, I, I am. I'd say I'm a Westie in every way, but actually living out there. Living there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I identify very strongly with Westie. <laughs> yeah 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 i love that do do because um, i mean from what i've watched because I, I mean i've watched the show when i was younger and um for, for you you play the, these characters that are so complex but yet you can just laugh you can just i, I don't know even how to articulate these characters because it, it's so sophisticated for you is that on you or is that is that on the writing is that and i'm not just talking the character you know loretta or or, or whatever you're playing just in general, is it you embodying a character and seeing? You know, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it? it definitely starts with the writing, and 
both Loretta and Rita were just beautiful characters in they terms were. of their level of complexity and, and depth. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you're always bringing your own stuff to a character, but yeah, if it's not on the page to start with, it's, it's pretty difficult to um, do a hell of a lot with it or, you know, if the story is not there. So yeah, it's, it's so much of it starts from, from excellent writing and James Griffin and his team are excellent writers. So I feel very lucky that I've been able to, to work with him for such a long time because he was, you know, the head writer, one of the head writers on Outrageous and, and Westside. Um, and we're, we love working together. So we're already, you know, thinking what's, what's the next thing we can be doing together. Um, and yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Do, do you go back and forth? I mean, you come back and go, Hey, look, you know, now that I'm, you know, I've been here for a while now. I can, I can, I can push my weight around a little bit. But do you ever go like, I don't like this. I don't like this for my character for this scene or for this. Yeah, or... sometimes. I mean, it's very rare because the writing it's so is so good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because the writing is really good. But yeah, sometimes I, I do have ideas um, or an instinct about something that doesn't sit quite right, and I'd prefer to say a line in, in another way, or I'd prefer not to say a line and. I mean, usually with like a story, like a proper story point, it's not not real or like a whole storyline. It'd, it'd be very rare that I wouldn't agree with that. But yeah, definitely within some scenes, sometimes I'd say, oh, would you mind if I just, I'd say, you know, to the director on the day, could I just not say that line or could I say it like this? And sometimes they say, yes, I can change it. And sometimes they say no. And for, for good reason. And I, and I actually really like being convinced otherwise. So if I, you know, so, so I'm not, I don't really know how to, I can't find my way through the scene. I don't know why I say that and why I say that. Could I say this instead? If then we have a discussion, which ultimately makes me understand why it's been written like that. I find that fantastic because I've just learned so much that I didn't realize about the scene and it adds great, heaps more layers to it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't even, I mean, I, I've done some stuff on stage before and I'm even just remembering scripts, remembering your lines. Uh, that's just I watched a, a show recently. Um, it's called Hamilton on Disney Plus. Oh my god, I can't wait to see it. No, but I just so I I've listened to the whole soundtrack and it's, I uh, yeah, know about it. Obviously, it's I, I like, is it amazing? It's amazing. If I could, <laughs> if I could save up all my money and like build a time machine and go to that, you know, like it would be on my bucket list to go wow. watch now. You know, it's fantastic. But I watch them and they are for two hours rap. It's stage is a bit different, I suppose, but rapping these lines and remembering these lines, and I just think, there, everyone must have their tricks and tips to to remember lines but i mean for you has that ever been a problem or yeah lines are okay for me um i think learning lines is definitely a a muscle like it gets easier the more you do it so i've you know i've learned a few lines now so it is it is a lot easier If, if if a script is well written it's so much easier to learn because it's a natural progression you know it's, it's a conversation and the it's it's logical and so if something's logical it's a lot easier to remember and also if something's familiar it's a lot easier to rem- remember so like west side scripts for example i can sort of like look at a page of dialogue which might have like say five lines of mine and then five, five let's say six lines of mine and then six lines of someone else i can sort of look at that and read it twice and get the gist in my head because i'm so so it takes me, you know, no time at all. But if it's a new 
it's a new script with a new character and particularly if it's set in a different time period if it's set in the past it takes me a lot longer and like like Shakespeare would be the ultimate example of what takes me so long to learn like at least especially because you're saying cometh I, I I did it what did I do I did Romeo and Juliet and I was this character Mercutio and my oh cool yeah, like just the lines are so now now thou art a hotter jack and the, you know, it's just like what do you even say? I don't even yeah. understand what they're saying it's, that's, it's, it's a lot more difficult so I'd say that would take me like 20 times if, if not more longer than um, learning my normal lines but yeah I that luckily that learning lines isn't um, I'd say it's isn't isn't the hardest part of the job for me mm. yeah. nah, it's, what would you say is um, I find the hours quite challenging they're really long <laughs> get up really early uh and then i think just the having not much not much time to get something right so you really have like one or two takes to this is you know in New Zealand anyway. and it well actually a lot of around the world there's the schedule is always always tight so you have to just you know get to the performance that you and everyone else is happy with pretty quickly um and sometimes that can be feel quite like a lot of pressure um if you don't feel like you get it you're like oh god you know <laughs> what a shame um so that that can yeah that can be quite hard but and coupled with the long hours it just means you know get quite get quite tired have <laughs> you got to go to like co- if you coffee or like energy drink or is there anything that like, I shoots used you up? To drink coffee and now i can't because i get migraines from it which is really annoying so i drink tea which just you know doesn't have quite the same instant effect um, instant caffeine hit so I know I I don't um, I try to sleep as much as possible now I have a one-year-old obviously that's like less easy than it was um, but I do really prioritize sleep in my life as much as I can because I just know how much better I function when mm. I've had yeah. good sleep yeah. absolutely sleeps the um sleeps the number one yeah um for for you I mean you always dreamed of of becoming an actress and I actually want to ask you in a second you know what are the dreams still to come in your in your profession but even maybe not in your profession but why why do you think it is that people you know because you you didn't give up on your dream you you pursued it what would you say to people that to, that give up or, or, or want to give up on their dreams because I mean a lot of us do um what would you say is the key to keep keep on keeping on yeah it's a really Good question. Um, Deep philosophical one for you. Sorry to just throw that one. Yeah, out. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a really good question, and it's a really important question. I guess I have two answers, and the first one is that it's can be it can be really helpful to have people around you who are really supportive of your dreams. I think it's a lot harder to keep going at something if you don't have a supportive family and network of friends who. Are telling you it's the right thing. I was really lucky growing up that my parents always supported me, and, and in quite a hands-off way. Like they definitely were not the momager kinds of, of people. <laughs> yeah, momagers. But, <laughs> but what they did do, which was I realise now, was very significant, is they never told me that I shouldn't be an actress or that it was a flaky hobby or not a real job. And okay, because well, a lot of people hear that would would hear that, right? Yeah, definitely. And you know, and parents who say that are just trying to look after their children because acting is a really uncertain profession, Mm. but it can be really damaging because I think we are so impressionable, particularly from our parents. And then if if someone's parent has said that to them, well, you know, it's not a real job, have a, 
what's your that can be your plan B, but what what's your what's your main focus? Well, you know, that's just a hobby. Fine, have it as a hobby as a hobby. I think it's always going to be there on some level, so it's easier to to stop. It's easier to to give up. Um, so, but a lot of people have had that experience, and again, it's the parents or anyone in that position who's saying that are only trying their, their best to help. No one's trying to damage anybody. Um, it can be helpful to look for other people in life to um, to to be that to be those cheerleaders for you. I find another thing that really helps me is keeping on studying acting because there's then I, I remind myself why I why I love it because I get to actually do it in a in a and feel like I'm getting better at it as well uh, in an environment that's most of the time not all teachers but most of the time nurturing um, and encouraging and it's it's easy with with anything to kind of be so focused on achieving and succeeding at it to forget that we actually like to do it and we can even start hating it because it becomes something with all this all this ickiness around it because we so yeah. desperately want it and it's, and it's not happening and i find it becomes it, about the destination rather than the journey where it yeah, should be the totally, other way around right totally uh and so um yeah just by doing it a bit sort of for fun but to get better but in a, in a context that's fun i think can just fill your cup a bit and mm, and, mm. and remind you why you are doing what, what you're doing so i would say that's a way to keep going but i would also say i think it's it's really okay to decide on a different dream you know and mm. I, I do think that sometimes the the dogged pursuit of a dream if that's how someone defines it yeah is not necessarily always the best way to live your life i and mm. i i know that's kind of controversial and it's actually quite a new thought for me even because i've always been definitely like an absolute dream follower you know what's life about with not having a passion and going for it but at the older i get i think there's actually lots of ways to live a meaningful life and to feel fulfilled in life and sometimes having a sole focus on a really narrow dream that is not necessarily coming true in the way you want it to can actually be really limiting and cut you off from other opportunities that might be just as fulfilling but in a way that you didn't expect so i think like giving up on a dream has a negative connotation but i i think it's actually quite a healthy thing to, way to approach any goal we have to yes hold on to it and focus on it but hold lightly and always have room for something else to come along because yeah life hopefully is long and there are many many ways to live a, a good life yeah and and i think like what you're saying is if you are so focused and i mean i can get into this trap you actually miss out on what's happening around you, you hey, and the opportunities that are coming around you yeah. there and then you do you do and it, it, it's a really tricky one and I, I i don't think there's any um perfect equation for it i think it is just you live your life and you kind of constantly check in with how you're feeling about things but if you're if think you know if things aren't working for you that's a sign they should probably change you know if you're mm. not happy with how things are going that's a sign that there's probably room for change and that doesn't mean you have to abandon something totally but there's always another opportunity that again it might look slightly different from how you anticipated but it may bring you rewards of a kind that you that you weren't expecting mm. Yeah. I love that. I was about to say I need to write all this down, but then I just remembered we recorded it. So <laughs> I've got it all there. 
That's because this is we're recording. Oh my god, feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait. What are we recording? What? <laughs> Hold on. This. What is this? No. Um. That's some really cool advice, and I think um you can apply that anywhere. Um, yeah. For for you, what's on the horizon for you? What what even in talking your own dreams and how things have shifted and changed over time, um and you know you've just finished wrapping up um your website. Yeah. Um, you must be. The world's your oyster, but you must have some things that you've kind of got holding loosely. Yeah. Well, I have actually made my own podcast. <gasps> yeah. Oh, there you go. Which I have been wanting to do for years. And well, I've, I'm, I've almost finished it. So it's not launched yet. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I haven't never heard of it. But yeah, no, it's, I've, got, I've got one more interview to do. Um, but I'm hopefully launching that in the next um, month to six weeks. Things might change now slightly because we're in lockdown. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I started it in the previous lockdown, actually. And now, and then had to take a break. That's where this one started. There you mm-hmm. go. Get the creative juices flowing and actually ch- chase what you want to. But anyway. Yes, absolutely. And have the time to do it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's, I'm really stoked about that. And I'm hoping that it'll, that the season one will be the start of, of many seasons because I found the, the process really rewarding. It's, it's about all about um, how to create a meaningful life really is, which is the yeah. thing that I'm really interested in um, all the, the facets that that entails. So um, that's on my horizon. And I, it's interesting what lockdown, sorry, what the pandemic has done for New Zealand for the New Zealand film industry is, and again, obviously it's sort of a different situation today than it was yesterday but it's really a haven for um, filming. And for the first time in my life, a lot of different production companies are coming here or wanting to come here, which is pretty amazing. Because normally the idea has been we've had to, had to leave, you know, you have yeah, to America, shoot off overseas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to pursue a, a career um, that will stand the test of time. But if I get to stay here and, productions come here that I can be involved in. That's even better because yeah. alongside acting and having a, a rich professional life. And my dream with acting is really just to keep getting better. I just want to um, mm. keep growing and developing and work on shows and work with writers and directors that challenge me uh, and, and help me become, become better. I don't have any specific, I want to work with that person and no one else. I want yeah, 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 to film. It's, it's just a, that's that narrowness again, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to feel like I'm always getting, getting better. Um, but alongside that, I, you know, I want to have a really rich, um, personal life and I, I want to give Freddie and, you know, if we have any more kids, um, as stable upbringing as possible and, uh, an acting career is, you know, it's, it's harder to do that with an acting career. So if I got to, you know, stay here and um, work on productions here, that would be a wonderful, a wonderful life for me. That's really, that's really exciting. And I love that it's, um, and like we talked about, there's more to someone than their profession or the title they have. Um, that sounds exciting because I love listening to podcasts and I'm definitely going to chuck that one on the, uh, on the list when it comes on. There you go. Great. Uh, um, and I'm not just saying that because I have to. <laughs> I'll pay you later. <laughs> you actually um, might even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I want to end with um, a question I, I ask in different ways, and I think uh, what from what I've 
seen and what I've even heard, you know, for you out of all the things you've done and you're proud of, uh, I know lots and lots of what you've achieved and done. I mean, one of those is, you know, becoming a mother and, and with little Freddie and, and starting that family. I suppose what, what, what's some, what's something that you want your son, but also your future children, if that's, if that happens, what, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to learn? What, from, from what you've learned, what, what's, what's some lessons that you, or a lesson that you want to pass on? I think more than anything, what I would, what I want for Freddie is for him to know that he is enough. You know, that who he is, is perfect. Uh, and it's not to say he's going to be a perfect human because that doesn't exist, but he is everything he needs to be. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with him. He doesn't need to be anything other than who he is and everything he feels is, is okay. Um, I, I guess what possibly how to, you know, def, what define what that is. I guess I, I just want him to be okay in his own skin and have, have confidence in himself. Um, because that's, yeah, I, th I think one of the most important things to being okay with yourself and your life, it's, um, it's, it's feeling okay with who you are, that you're, that you're doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's yeah, huge. It's, it's a game changer. It is, eh? It's, cause it's so easy for it to, to flip back the other way, uh, which is such a shame. But we all, mm. you know, we've all experienced that. So, yeah, I, that's, that's what I'd want for him. That's beautiful. That's, um, and that's something we can all take on, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, Antonio, honestly, um I feel like I feel like we should get you on a TED talk or something because you're so full of like wisdom and gold and <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> honestly, it's been such a it's been so fun just chatting and it doesn't feel it feels like we've no like it just feels like we're just, you know, it's like we've yeah, chatted before. And it's like, yeah, yeah, catching up again. But um, you know, honestly, um thanks for what you've shared with us and I'll let you get back to sipping your tea and um, yeah, all the best with your future endeavors in the podcast. How good, how exciting. Thank you so much. Well, it's been lovely talking to you too and it's, um, it's really great, great that you're doing this. Well, thanks for listening to episode one of season two of the podcast. And Antonia, thanks again for hopping on and sharing your journey and your stories with us. What a legend Antonia Preble is. Um, thanks. Thanks so much. And honestly, everybody I've got to sit down with so far for season two, it's the same thing. They're just awesome people, awesome stories, and just been willing to go deep and share with us. Um, and I can't wait to share the rest of them with you. Um, just a little shout out I want to give out for the man who created this track for season two. His name is Matthew Vette. And honestly, Matthew, bro, you are talented and you are definitely going places with your craft, man. I don't know when we sat down and talked about what we kind of wanted, the different elements of season two's track. Um, you just went away and did your thing on the computer and got it there. Um, I'm stoked with it, man. And um, I'm really excited to see where your journey ends up, bro. Um, so thanks to you. Um, but yeah. Till next week, to Wiki or Te Reo Māori Language Week. We've got something special coming up for you all then. See you next week.